Welcome, everyone, to your nightmare. The wrestler of you hired musicians and... <laughs> We'd like to thank the musicians for our uh, album, and that was My Chemical Romance. Yeah, My Chemical Romance's less talented friends, uh, My Toxic Valentine. <laughs> That's for sure, uh, emo band. Guys... What we tried to do with this new theme song is a lot of wrestling. Uh, they like to do, uh, well, we did it even, old wrestling song, maybe with a wrestler over top. Ooh, baby. But you know what? We got to be us. And that means this week we had Screamo, and uh, next week we have a rap metal version of the theme song. We want you it's not rap do. metal. It's not rap metal. Don't oh, sorry, use new metal. Yeah, don't use its slave name, Dylan. It's new That's metal. That's true. It is not Cassius Clay. It is Muhammad Ali. Thank you. So, get it to us on Twitter uh, at Wrestler Review and tell us: Do you hate it? Do you really hate it? I'm sure Does they it do. Does it make you want to punch a wall? <laughs> oh man! Most my gr- my girlfriend, when she heard it, asked me what we were attempting to accomplish with this, and I said, "For it to be the worst song in the world." And she went, "You've done it." But again, it's one of, it's also one of those things, by the way, if you are fans of wrestling during the weirdest period, the ruthless yeah. aggression era, that was the theme of SmackDown. Every week was changed to another. And if we got a curtain. Like, <laughs> yeah, CM, everyone loves CM Punk, but let's not forget his theme song was Screamo. Yeah. Even through the darkest. Deez. <laughs> and he he had the holy triumphant actually he was a uh, screamo and afi who was the people that did our theme song thank you very much afi for doing our theme song here's the crazy thing except for that song about shakespeare that some guy with a bowl cut told me was good when i was 17 <laughs> and i said a word that i could only say back then because i was yeah. in a small town <laughs> i was mad at him <laughs> <laughs> That word was no. Dylan. Dylan's no longer yeah. negative. Um, yeah, exactly. I have a positive. I like to put my positive attitude in the universe. I remember we were at a poetry reading when we were 18 because there were girls there and we sucked. Um, and a girl we went to high school with who later dropped out to get a GED and had huge boobs was talking to a friend of <laughs> Hang on, it gets so much better. There talking to a fr- t- friend of mine about how good the band AFI was. And that friend of mine walked over and just went, I don't care how big her tits are. She's wrong about that band. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would tell you that man's job, but he occasionally listens and does not like when I bring up his job because it really narrows down who he is and people have figured it out. And uh, but if you knew his job, we'd all be very concerned about the authority he wields if that's his logic when it comes to opinions. (laughs) He is a judge. That your your friend, of course, was Justin Trudeau, judge, Prime Minister of Canada. Judge Judy, <laughs> Judge Judy. Yes, your friend was Judge I was Judy. Taking, I was taking it with Judge Judy Schallenberg. <laughs> the Judge Judy of professional wrestling is our episode this week. Of course, we're talking about David Flair. Yeah, exactly. Hey, do you ever think that David Flair tried to emulate Ric Flair in partying wise, and then just got very tired very quickly? He's just like, Dad, <laughs> Dad like I. My dick, my dick won't come anymore, and I can't drink any more vodka. And Rick's just got like a fucking, he's got like a fucking teddy bear tied to his dick in a noose, and he's just fucking a lamb. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> David, David, drink. I had a heavy meal, Father. I'm going to bed. It's 10 p.m. <laughs> Here's what I was thinking about. 
As we were getting ready for this episode, then we'll start this episode. Here's what I was thinking about, and we'll start this episode, um, is that Rowdy Roddy Piper, a man who often was paid in spittoons full of cocaine, could say with a straight face, I'm a better father than Ric Flair. Oh, we talk about this in the episode. By the way, we're recording. We did the episode, and then we got the new theme song, so we needed to explain it to you guys. <laughs> this is essentially your uh, your dad shaved his mustache, and you just want to know why. <laughs> why did he shave the mustache, no. Dad? I just want to yeah. switch it up. Or if, it's, if it, or if it's Dylan's case, his dad shaved his pubic hair, and for some reason showed him that as well. Because we have family dinners, and we need to know everything about <laughs> yeah. each other. We're a very Swedish family. I shaved down to the wood, Dylan. That way the ladies <laughs> That way your mom don't stick to me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something I would say. <laughs> I can't wait for Dylan to be a father and then everyone just be like, oh, you look, you look the same. You're the only person that would be up for two years with a screaming child and not be affected by it. Oh, that guy looks fine. I'm fine. No, I mean, my kid, because if it's like me when I was a kid, uh, it won't be screaming. It'll just be, uh, just be silent. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's how a kid should be. Hold it in. You're one. Hold it in. Don't. (laughs) Oh, you're hungry. The world's hungry. Yeah. Hold it in. Speaking of that, and then we're going to start the episode, but I want to share this with everyone. A friend of mine was recently at a funeral of a dead relative, like a grandmother or a grandfather. I was told not to tell the story in too many specifics, but I love it so much. And uh, was really sad that they were gone. And like, as they're walking into the church weeping, uh, another relative of the person who's sad, missing the, let's say, grandfather, turns to her and goes, you know, in Syria, people have to do this every day. It's the greatest fucking douche move That's I've ever... That's very good. Isn't that the best douche move in the entire world? Oh, my grandfather's dead. Imagine if you were Syrian. You wouldn't even have a dad. What a piece of shit. <laughs> I, I would do that, though. Yeah, but you would also be like, and that's good because I don't like brown people. And then you'd that, go, that's that's what I have. I have a T-shirt that said that. Yeah, the whole thing you just said that anecdote, and then on the back it says, and that's good because Dylan likes to draw a portrait of Muhammad and then leave it in an yes. elementary school. <laughs> they did. And it. I like, yeah, no, because I put a heart around it because I love him. No, you I love don't. my Momo. I love my Momo. We're going <laughs> to nope. talk about a guy who uh, left it in, Ric Flair. <laughs> He's a bad... Uh, I think this episode is duly about David Flair's wrestling career, and the second half and the first clap is just how bad a father Ric Flair is. So enjoy that right fucking now. Suck my dick. Let's all cry, because this week it's David Flair. He wanted to know his dad, but his dad said that's gay. Fuck you. I'm getting drunk with these stewardess. My favorite quote from this, once again, we're jumping the gun here, but I think <laughs> we should start, is when he walked out with blonde hair on Nitro, and and I quote, his sister said, we already have one of these guys in the family, we can't afford two. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about David Flair this week, or more so, what an absentee father will do to your metabolism. <laughs> 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 Because David Flair is a chunky, he's a chunks ahoy, buddy, and uh, that's for sure, just because his dad went, woo-woo, 
I don't like being your dad. He literally, <laughs> on a documentary where everyone's like, wow, Ric Flair is the greatest wrestler of all time, went, I didn't like being a dad. It was boring. Yeah. It's also, <laughs> here's the thing with that is that you know how many times and different ways he had to say that for the documentarians to be like, well, we have to put it in. That's very funny. <laughs> that's really funny. Like, that, that's how <laughs> they were like, we're really trying to make you, we're really trying to have a, uh, just, we don't want that to be part of it. And he's like, well, Every sentence ends with this. I didn't want to be a father to Megan or David. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 Ric Flair's like Ric Flair's hello is Woo! Didn't want to be a dad in the seventies. Alright. Are we having lobster? Keep bear in mind David Flair is still putting up with this because Ric Flair has entered into and I can't believe I'm saying it this way, his saddest phase, which is um now he just like he's like Old man who used to own a cocktail lounge now at retirement home, sad, where he's just tweeting constantly about the like the Ric Flair slide song or whatever the fuck that's three times platinum, acting like it's his song. He has such fucking thin ghost hair. Yes. And he's not even allowed to speak at personal appearances. He just says woo and his hips are bad so he can't strut. So he just moves his shoulders like he's like He's he's just he's trying to avoid getting stung by a bee. Oh, it's just all fucking depressed. And you know he's doing that like he's coming over to David's house for Thanksgiving. He's grabbing David by the belly and being like, "Oh, who's Yokozuna?" And David's like, "Ah, my, ki- <laughs> my kids don't know who that is." That's so funny. Yeah, he um, that's the whole thing about uh, at least uh, Rick and David is that you can clearly tell that uh, Rick. I guess people in the 70s just had kids because you had kids and then like because he was like, all right, well, I had two kids. Now I'm leaving for 10 years. I know this from my generation of dumb, shitty, small town, yet somehow considered a city Canadians. And I'm sure you do, too, which was like at 25, four of my very old friends were like, come on, man, it's time for you to settle down, start a family. And all of them did that. And all of them now are as fat as David Flair. That's not true, actually. <laughs> they all sorted it out in their early 30s, um, but had real gross 20s. Um, yeah, of course, because yeah, they they had kids, and there was a, there was a lot of work there uh, because they stuck around like good people, whereas Ric Flair stayed in shape the whole time because he let his wife do everything. Yeah, I don't. I guarantee that Ric Flair had to be reminded of what his wife's name was. That's really good. <laughs> or she or she just like wasn't ready to she didn't want to have sex all night so he was like, "Well, I'm leaving then." Like there's, there's a, I don't he's even, really the duality of being such a like you can paint that man as to be such an underdog character because he has he's the best ever but he still has like a ton of self-confidence issues or like in the 30 for 30 where he talks about how he would drop off presents and the road warriors would do it, but he would still just stay in Japan for their birthdays or Christmas or whatever event. Well, um, because No, no, no. Let me explain. He was the champ and you have to go everywhere when you're the champ. The best, uh, I've read Ric Flair's book to be the man, uh, which is a must read because it's literally, you could just tell it's a ghostwriter's attempt to make him seem like a good human being. But every story is just like, then I got syphilis so bad, I'm not allowed in Puerto Rico. Woo! <laughs> um, a v- very good story that in just in current 
this current era of political correctness, just the amount of times he brings up the fact the Briscoes are Native American is so funny because you can just tell that's what he tells them every day. Like, he's just like, oh, you got to watch out for the Briscoes because when they get drunk, they're Indian. So, like, it's just like, oh. <laughs> or he just, it's one of those things like, it's fine I say it because I know one of them. Yeah, it's... <laughs> that's, my mailman's that, so it's fine that I say the things. Yeah. I've been to a Skins game. I'm allowed to say what I like. <laughs> I heard, by the way, that, that, that is, I wish I could, I heard that from a Covina douche yesterday that he was just like, yeah, I was watching the Skins game. And I had to ask someone like, what's a Skins game? And they were like, Redskins. I was like, are you kidding me? Are you, they shortened it to Skins. Well... I mean, it's crazy that 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 slipped back. It's crazy that that's still fine. Yeah, it's in, but it's literally because the NFL is just is the, one of the is the American oligarchy, and the owner is just like like no NFL nor owner is normal. But the era of the old NFL orders owners is my favorite because this guy is literally put in the contract that for the next hundred years you can't change the name of the team. Dan Snyder did. Yeah, is Dan Snyder still the owner? It's Dan Snyder, or it's his son now? No, Dan Snyder was super young. I just remember Dan Snyder being super young. It was this super young tech guy with all this tech money, and then he was going to get a good football team, and he did it in the dumbest way possible because he went with the assertiveness that he went with the assertiveness like he knew everything about football, but he just knows technology. So he was like, "I'm going to approach this with the same way I approach my diet. I if I eat too much, I'll get flaky." <laughs> Everyone's like, what does that mean? And he's like, nah, I hired a bunch of weirdos. That's why I I wish Mark they'd given Mark Cuban an NFL team because right now we would have robots. <laughs> yeah, we would have sentient beings that throw touchdowns and rip arms off. Yeah, Mark Cuban would have found a loophole that would allow a running back to have a shotgun. Oh my god, he just killed Tom Brady. And Mark Cuban's in the owner's box. They didn't say you can't do that. That's not in the rules. I looked it up. I got four lawyers. I mean, it would be good because Mark Cuban would run on the field and then just be knocked unconscious by one of the players. That would be good. And I guarantee that, like, he would, like, the trash talk would be Donald Trump v. Hillary 2016 campaign level. Like, he'd be calling for Jerry Jones's arrest. Like, oh, it would be amazing. He would have, he would have, yeah, exhumed the body of Al Davis, and every time his team won, he would just fuck the skull. That's excellence. Well, I think Mark, if the best way to describe Mark Cuban, if you're just a wrestling fan, he's like if what Shane McMahon would be like in real life. Yeah, exactly. Or just this guy with flabby arms who's still got a tank top on next to the best athletes in the world, smiling and genuinely doesn't know how fucking stupid he looks. Yes. Or is totally aware of it, but also knows that he has a billion dollars, so he doesn't care how strong he needs to be. He wins the fight. So... David Flair was born March 6, 1979. What happened on David's first, the first thing ha that happened when David was in this goddamn world? What happened there? Uh, Ric Flair left and got drunk. Exactly. George Scott. Oh, yes, I do actually remember this. Yes, George Scott. George Scott, uh, for those of you who don't know who George Scott is, man with Alzheimer's hired by WCW in the early 90s to be a booker. Uh, and didn't tell anyone he signed the Iron Sheik, so the Iron Sheik just got three years of his contract for free and was never called to TV. God damn it, I want that job. I have an idea. I got a good idea for what happens at Starcade. How about Hacken Schmidt Gotch? 
Yeah. They're both there. And then Sisyphus is there too. Yeah. And then Hercules. Oh, you mean Hernandez? No. Real Hercules. Oh, I'm going to put a desk in the woods. I don't know where I am. <laughs> yeah. Metastopheles comes and sucks my dick. Yeah. George Scott. <laughs> uh, George Scott said to Ric Flair, um, is this the time that he said if you, uh, oh yeah, you can miss the match, but uh, your next one is in, um, your next one's in Memphis. So, which is basically like, you can miss this match, but then you have to work for Nick Goulas and that's bad. Yeah. Basically it was like, uh, hey, can I get the day off? My son is being born. And George Scott essentially said, champions never miss a day. And Ric Flair said, I will be the play fighting champion of the world yeah. and missed his own son's birth. And he said he and by his own words, and this is on thirty for thirty, the sad thirty for thirty, uh, which is good because I've seen people interpret it so many different ways. But uh, Ric Flair said in his own words, "I was not home between nineteen seventy two and nineteen ninety nine." I also that thirty for thirty, I did he not. He was in- so old in nineteen eighty nine, by the way. Nineteen ninety nine. He should have been. He was the no eighty nine. Like, he was old in 89. Like, he should have been winding it down in 1989, but he was just that old guy who just got divorced at a dance club for 10 years. Oh, my God. When you just see... leaning on the bar while Sean Waltman has a, has a Mike's Hard Lemonade and going, like, you're a fucking pussy. Real men drink Mai Tais. Now, excuse me. Me too hasn't happened yet. I'm going to take advantage. <laughs> when you see how much he ages from the like from oh my god, yeah. 19 from the year 2000 in WCW to when he retires in what? 2004? No, 2006? Watch him. Yeah, like I never thought I'd say this, but like look how young Ric Flair looks in 2005. And oh I realize my. it has been 13 years, but good god. Yeah, like, like it's like yeah. He lo- he went from looking like an old man to like one of the White Walkers from Game of Thrones. That's very true. Yes, he does look like he there is an ice crack sound when he walks. <laughs> he looks like if you caught if he caught you off guard because he's always smiling now because he's been taught like just keep smiling and they won't talk about your past. It, if you if he catches you off guard, you're like ah, this place is haunted, and you'll just yeah. And based on what happened to Reed Flair, if Ric Flair touches you, you will become him. So it is pretty accurate that White Walker <laughs> analogy. <laughs> For those of you that didn't get that joke, Reed Flair is dead, died of a heroin overdose because he's a fucking pussy. Jesus Christ, heroin man. Yeah, David Flair's childhood is essentially defined as where's my dad and his uh, mom saying. You know where he is. Not here, you fucking idiot. Um, no, he, he, yeah, man. Like he just grew it up. Feels in, like being a wrestler's son, like an '80s wrestler's son, would be a lot like being a child star without the part where you're famous. That's a very good. Yeah, it's exactly you just that. Go right to fat heroin addict. <laughs> and even, but like David, and it's what's weird is, is David Flair also very much doesn't he? He likes watching the matches apparently, but. Doesn't really want to step into the the like the shoes of his dad, and also the one thing I can say about Ric Flair that's positive is he doesn't seem like he wants his family really in the wrestling business. I think he's proud of what uh, Ashley Flair, aka Charlotte, is doing. Um, and obviously, Reed was a very talented wrestler before he died of a heroin overdose. But he he didn't seem to actually the the pressure was put on those kids because they wanted to find a way to reach out to their dad. It wasn't about them uh, just trying. It wasn't about them. Um, 
that was the only way to reach their father. He actually seemed like, especially for his younger kids, a bit more of a present um, fucking father. And basically what happens is in the mid-90s, after appearing one time during the Vader-Ric Flair match at Starcade 91 or 2, which is, I actually think, the best Ric Flair has ever been. He's just come back from the WWF. He's thin. It's him playing this sort of weird hybrid heel baby face. He's against Vader. The match is fucking awesome. David Flair appears on television the first time because Rick may be retiring. Uh, Rick, of course, by the way, had already divorced David's mom and moved on to his uh, second wife, who he considered the love of his life. Um, And uh, she always referred to her as a stable force in his life. Uh, She, by the way, it seemed like her favorite activity was getting the house remodeled and then not paying the contractors. (laughs) I mean, that's also Ric Flair's favorite activity. They bonded over their love of loans and their hatred of repaying them. What's interesting is that Ric Flair only really gets into that afterwards, but she loved it. Um, And Well, he starts getting into that because he doesn't have any money. Yeah, he gets used to basically being paid. Like he'll come. That's the thing. That's the thing. I kind of gets on my nerves about Ric Flair is he'll complain all day about Turner and how Turner executives didn't know shit. Blah 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 blah. That guy got a three hundred percent raise, and he got used to just being a alcoholic who made five hundred thousand dollars a year, and booze was free. What he was upset about, and I would be upset about this too, is the only reason that. Turner bought the company was because of Ric Flair, and if he, someone had given him that information, he could have negotiated harder. But also, like, you, you, why didn't you have an agent, Rick? Why didn't you have a manager? Like, this is a guy that, like, he had a lawyer in the late 90s that was the guy that was handling the WCW lawsuit that he openly nicknamed Tony Soprano. And if your lawyer's like, yeah, you can call me Tony Soprano in public, I'd be like, I'm getting a new lawyer. I don't want my lawyer to be like, yeah, associate me with a anxious criminal please that's that's what i want (laughs) criminal with panic attacks yeah that's the vibe i'm putting out well i'll say this i just want to say this about uh rick flair the dad uh first is that what we're going to be talking about today what we have already started talking about essentially is if you wanted to take this and make a movie out of it i don't know who would direct it i would uh but it would be an indie movie because it's literally like David Flair is the story of, hey, dad, I want to be a wrestler, essentially translates to, hey, dad, can I go to the bar and shoot pool with you? And then Ric Flair, the dad, is like, yeah, well, why do you why do you want to come to the bar? Nothing's there. I guess my son wants to play pool like I do. And it's like, no, man, he just wants to hang out with you. <laughs> and he never get, he never gets that. It's like, if you think your son is not good at wrestling and his following in your shadow and he's not as good at the thing as you're good at just all just take a sunday off <laughs> just just have a goddamn malt <laughs> yeah you know what i mean hold your fucking su- kid's hand when he's eight and walk him to the park and be like you know what we're gonna do you're gonna go on the slide we're gonna hang out and then we're gonna get some fucking ice cream yeah exactly go to the baseball game and when the baseball game starts don't just start hitting on the other moms and then when their husband goes stop commenting on my wife's tits don't fight that man (laughs) that's all you have to do sit watch the thing and be like that was good yeah (laughs) imagine your day okay you're david flair you're getting a bunch of cool toys from japan and they're just covered in junky sweat like no fucking thank you also 
Ric Flair for sure seems like the guy. He's like, he's 10. Get him one of those whore calories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's old enough to see tits now. Yeah. His uh, his sister Megan's just getting a bunch of dolls, and David is just getting a bunch of those weird containers with used lady panties from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets an actual full vending machine of panties. <laughs> That's his 10th birthday. Yeah. The card from his dad just reads, earn this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it like that's that that's the story of david flair essentially it's just a guy trying to connect with his uh father and his father loved the like the limelight uh more than he loved his kids it seems like he doesn't it seems like he loves his kids that's the weird thing about it it's like he loves his kids it's just like he doesn't he never wants to say like yeah i mean i like my kids i just like wrestling chief j strongbow so much more than i like my kids of course but everyone does. No one, like, parenting, especially to young kids, is, is really fucking hard. There's no reward to it for the first four years. Um, if a marriage gets through the first four years of raising one child, statistically, they will be together until that child is 18. Like, that is, if you can get out of there with, so, that's not. I thought it was going to be a lot longer than 18, John. No, it's not. People, marriages shouldn't last that long. Um, nice, but, get them. <laughs> I'll let them know. Ooh, I'm John. I'm a child of divorce. I want to tell you how marriage should be. Here's how a marriage should be. Two people should sign a prenup, and then they should make love. Only one shot. One shot. One kill. That's the baby. Then they separate. Oh, I'm, I'm Dylan. Marriage is fine. My stepdad, Art, basically just keeps making outhouses inside the house and refers yeah. to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with that? Nothing, actually. It's pretty cool. And he's going to for sure be... Uh, so for those who know, my, my stepdad has made an outhouse, outhouse, but inside the house for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it's and good stuff. I'm 180% sure he's going to be uh, videotaped and put on Instagram for doing something super uh, weird one day. <laughs> <laughs> and when, I, when we say weird, we Why don't... Why is this guy just buying only <laughs> gasoline and canisters? <laughs> and now he's got a blowtorch. Yeah. What is this man planning? Yeah. What is this guy who definitely refers to the government as if it's a verb doing with just buying all this <laughs> all these basketballs and kerosene? Shut up. It's really yeah. Yeah. There's for sure one time uh Art took me to his quote his uh he told me it's like, oh this is my tool shed. He has four tool sheds <laughs> on four different locations. And this one, I swear to God, was just an old rusted RV with just a uh, it was just a pile of wrenches. He's like, That's tools. <laughs> like, it's the same wrench thirty times, man. He's like, I fix things with those. I'm like, okay. He's he's an engineer, and I've heard it said on st- uh, stand-up comedy stages a hundred times, but uh, you could say it a hundred more. Engineers are fucking weird. Yeah, man. All, it's f- it's farmers that like science. Yeah, it's okay. They I'm not- alone, and I understand the universe. Weird. <laughs> an engineer knows as much about a machine as a doctor knows about the body, and you don't need to know that much about machines. Yeah. Yeah. I know who the, I know who the god of the lamp is. Like, oh Jesus fucking Christ! So can we say this? Uh, I guess, I mean, we should probably take a break and then just wholesale start talking about David Flair's wrestling career. But can we say this? As far as a wrestler, uh, I think David Flair, as far as being a wrestler's kid, is uh, absolute success because he is alive. I'm gonna. I'll give you that, and I will say it's a credit to him that he's as balanced a human being as he is, based on the fact that, like, he essentially his sister was born, David was born, Ric Flair moved in, 
basically, like, was still in the house and married, but was essentially living with Rowdy Roddy Piper and yeah. having Crown Royal drinking contests and drag racing through the streets of Charlotte. Like, most of the... Uh, if you read Ric Flair's book, it's like, I had these two kids, and then the greatest day of my life happened. And you're like, oh, it was their first birthday. It was like, I met Rowdy, Pi- Rowdy, Rowdy Roddy Piper. And you're like, oh, Christ. And this is like, <laughs> this is Rowdy Roddy Piper when he's like, I'm still a runaway and I need to fucking be angry at the world. So like, you know, you ima- imagine this. You're, you're David Flair. You're asleep. You're eight. No, you'd be four. I think he was, the, his parents were well divorced by the time he was eight. And you're just asleep, and then all you just hear is the cackle of a madman, and your dad just going, show the boy. And then you just wake up and Rowdy Roddy Piper's in your room with a knife, which definitely happened. (laughs) That's also how we talked about this in our Roddy Piper episode, but he, Roddy Piper feels like he's a great dad, and that's 100% only because his best friend was Ric Flair. He's like, well, I never cheat, not only did I not cheat on the boy, none of it, If I even if I did, none of it was in front of the boy. Well, the thing with that is... Sorry, is, the wife, sorry. <laughs> cheat on his wife in front of his son. Is that like, like, Rowdy Roddy Piper went on the road a lot, but he would come home. Like, the one weird yes. thing about Piper is that he took these long breaks where he was a father for two years, and like, he was such a different person at home is that when he got to Oregon, where his kids were... He had to stay in a hotel for one extra day just to, like, decompress, and then he could go home. And that was, like, a rule his wife established because she didn't like this, like, fucking, well, let me tell you, kid, if you don't fucking do your math, I'm going to fucking kill you. Oh, fucking yeah. Like, <laughs> she was just like, yeah. I'm going to need you to chill out before you're around the children because no. And he's like, okay, I love you, kitty. Also, if your wife's name is Kitty... You just need to keep a gun in the house because you're a dirty, filthy heck. <laughs> well, that's what I like because Roddy Piper and I feel like so many wrestlers are like this. But the big show and Roddy Piper, oddly, are the ones that um, stand out to me. They're the ones who are like, well, I mean, the rule, of, the rule of thumb is if they have cocaine, then you get to do it with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Whereas it's- the big show is like, he has chicken, so I eat it. Like, if the Big Show is so thin and muscular, like, relatively, obviously, but he's so... He has a six-pack when he's not on the road wrestling, and it's like, as soon as he goes on TV, he's fat again. Because he's just like, I I walked all the way to the ring, I'm having a goddamn 12-piece. Yeah. (laughs) I said hello to the New Day. Do you understand how much pressure I'm under? Hey, Big Show, did you pick up any food from catering? Catering's a weird thing to call KFC Burger (laughs) King hybrid that I paid to have made and on the road next to me at all times, but yes. Yes. (laughs) They have a car... They have a car. He has a car driving next to him with KFC and Burger King, like the movie Speed. (laughs) (laughs) They're just throwing. They're just throwing a two-piece in between a Whopper and chucking it to him, and he just eats it, no hands while driving. Thank you. So otherwise, my dream. That's the weird thing is I haven't. I used to be really fat. I haven't eaten at a Wendy's in 13 years, and I'm driving to San Francisco tomorrow, and I think I'm going to eat at a Wendy's for the first time in 13 years. And I got to tell you. I'm real excited. Well, just don't don't get the don't get any, you know what kills you there the sauces. We're, we'll we'll go to break on this because it is a David Flair episode, so we should talk about fast food restaurant sauces. And it's the sauces that'll kill you. Those are the, that's the thing. But the thing is, the sauce makes it so good, John. I'll get that on a T-shirt. I'll start handing it. Up. I gotta tell you, the sauces what kills you is what Reed Flair's 
uh, is what's nice. on Reed Flair's grave right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Um, Reed, yeah, Reed, <laughs> Reed, <laughs> Rick. We'll talk about that, but because we'll never do a Reed Flair episode. But Rick Flair really encouraged Reed Flair's drug and alcohol habits in a way that I'm sure he didn't realize he was doing. Well, basically, he was just they got they kept getting into fights because Reed kept being like, "I'm the new you," and Rick was like, "Woo, not dead, still me." And it's like, "Oh no, don't put that pressure on him, you fucking weed." Well, yeah, that's what he was just having fun drinking a lot with his son, which is great. But it's like you're supposed to be his goddamn dad. <laughs> he just seems like a nice. I don't know, man. It seems like he's just like a. Not he. Ric Flair is not the smartest man in the world, and that's what wrestling is, though. It's full of fucking psychos who kind of believe it. Like the reason, the reason why Ric Flair was good, and the reason why CM Punk was good, was is so clear because like CM Punk going into the UFC and actually thinking he could win a fight when he's so bad at actually fighting is so clearly why he was good at wrestling because he goes out there and gives these promos, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's so good at promos," and it's like, yeah, because. Xavier Woods, there's, there's, he's really good, but there's something in Xavier Woods that knows this is fake and he's being a character right now. CM Punk believes that. He believes that he could actually beat up John Cena. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like if this was real, I would beat up Brock Lesnar. Is a thing that CM Punk probably believed at some point. Like Xavier Woods, if you're like, hey, can you come be in the UFC? Be like, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and CM Punk is like, of course, I will definitely. Uh, can you please call uh, Tito Ortiz and let him know I'm about to fuck him in the ass? Metaphorically speaking, I don't do that. <laughs> I'm doing that for real. And what's interesting, and bring this back to Ric Flair, is Ric Flair still thinks he's 20, still thinks he can beat up everyone, and is frustrated that no promoter will book him as a wrestler. Even though to see him without a shirt is to know what happens when you microwave a candle. Yeah, he's just a classic. It, this is a performer thing. But it's a classic thing. He never accepted his own mortality. He just wants to be young forever, and then he almost died. And then, uh, yeah, man, <laughs> like it, it. I don't know. But I mean, losing a son that young, uh, obviously, if you had a history of alcoholism, you're gonna press the old "let's have some beers now" button. But mm. he, he didn't like he didn't fuck it like David Flair. The thing is, if someone raised a kid like David Flair, they'd be fine with that. Just like a yeah. guy who owns like he owns like an insurance company. He's got a nice family. Like he didn't he didn't fuck up. No, he's a Carolina State Trooper. Like he's a great man. Yeah, it's David Flair. Isn't it crazy that David Flair could actually beat up Kevin Nash? Probably. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Well, yeah, he wouldn't need to. Kev Flair just wiping the floor with Kevin Nash, but he has his mouth fucking open the whole time. Every match I've ever seen with David Flair, his mouth just wide open. It's fucking close your fucking mouth, David. <laughs> I mean, he, he's 20 and looks like he's 30, though. What I like about David Flair is you know that he's thought about shooting his dad. <laughs> if it comes to it, dad. He's got a gun. He's been on a flight with his dad, and he's seen his dad like reach into the overhead compartment and take out the robe and head towards the bathroom. And he's grabbed his dad's arm and just, I'm, I'm serious, dad. I have a license. I will shoot you. And like, and Rick had to cover it so he didn't look like he didn't lose face. And he just went, woo! And then just shit his pants or something like that. Just did an effort, <laughs> effort for no one to know. Like, oh, this poor, like. Keep in mind, imagine being David Flair's in-laws. Um, oh, you're gonna meet. Damn it. You're gonna meet my dad, uh, Mr. McCullough. Quick thing, 
do you have three bottles of vodka? Because he's going to make us make margaritas, which he's then going to give to the dog. They actually, uh, that that legitimately, oh my god, I'm trying to look the movie up right now. That, this, uh, uh, do-do-do-do, just give me one second here. Uh, yeah, That's My Boy by, uh, that, that com, have you ever seen That's My Boy with Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg? I assume that is every Thanksgiving for the David Flair in-laws. It's like praying that rick doesn't show up yeah when he does and he's like let me tell you about the time i fucked three chicks in one night it was 1981 and david's like you were still married to my mom and he's like uh still gonna tell the story (laughs) i was in actually your bed you were asleep you know (laughs) please stop telling this i won't didn't use a condom you probably have a brother (laughs) Uh anyway I'm going to put whiskey in the turkey because that's more fun for just me. Yeah. Glug, 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 glug. Hey, David, are you aware that <laughs> Woo! they called me AIDS during the middle 80s because I was given to so many ladies? <laughs> <laughs> I could also see Rick just, they're all eating like a nice meal and he just takes his dick out. And I was like, what the fuck? And he's like, no one was paying attention <laughs> to me. Just, I didn't know what to do. That's a very good point. <laughs> I wanted you to look at me and now my weenie's out, so you have to, because it's a crime. You have to pay attention. You have to arrest me now, David, but it's worth it, so everyone will look. Listen, I think that's probably the most accurate joke you've ever made. There's a Kevin Nash story on a shoot interview, which is the weirdest story ever, which was he's in the Bahamas, and they're like, do you know a man named Ric Flair? And he was like, yes. And they're like... He was here two weeks ago, and we had a balloon display, and apparently Ric Flair took the balloons, went up to his room, put on his robe, came down, tied the balloons to his dick, opened the robe, and the balloons just lifted his dick, and he showed it to everyone, and then he went back in the elevator and up to his room. Complete silence. (laughs) No silence, no reaction. (laughs) No woo, just like, here it is. Yes, exactly. Like, just so everybody knows. Oh, it's a fucking nightmare. Oh, I don't like th- I don't like this man. So we're going to try and squeeze 30 minutes out of a 3-year wrestling career now when we talk about David Flair and I guarantee uh, I guarantee we can do it too, baby. Be- because we yeah. we have squeezed 31 minutes out of the fact that he was born. <laughs> More of this after the break. David Flair was born. Rick Flair is a terrible human being. See you in a minute. Oh, hi everyone. I think you're all wondering does Dylan use condoms? No. And that's why you need to do- donate to Patreon because he has a lot of children his wife doesn't know about. I am the king. I coined the phrase risky cream pie. <laughs> and you need to give to Patreon to help my maybe there's a baby fun. Patreon.com backslash wrestler review. If you don't want to do that, uh, you're a fucking loser. But if you're still a fucking loser and you're okay with that, rate us on iTunes. It does help with the algorithms for old fucking uh, Steve Slobs' goddamn Apple things. So rate us on iTunes, rate us on SoundCloud, rate us in real life, 1 to 10. Here's a hint, we're both 10s. E, 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 E! I don't know why I made that noise. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's all get excited for the three-year career of David Flair. Uh, he apparently decided to become a wrestler and team with his father at WCW NWO sold out. Now, I don't think he decided. I think Eric Bischoff went to Rick and was like, listen, 
we need your son to come in because we're fucking losing and this will excite all the old Southern wrestling fans. They're like, oh my God, a new flair? He'll be like the old flair, only new. Holy fucking shit. And instead they got a man... I think it was... I think it was... Uh, I really think it was just because they wanted to pacify Ric Flair. Like They were like, we're never putting a title on you because I don't know if you've ever seen you, but we can't just have the world title on the same guy for legit 20 years. I'm sorry that you, you don't think Sean Waltman's as good as you, but everyone likes him more. Here's your son so you can get drunk and he can sit there and have a couple vodka sodas, but not three, and uh, go to bed thinking, Dad really likes me. <laughs> no, Dad likes booze. <laughs> yeah, Dad likes someone that has to hang out with him. That's what Dad likes. Um, anyway, he joins either way. Oh, actually, no, I, I just I forgot about this. So WCW asked him if he wanted to be part of the angle that would start between Barry Windham and Ric Flair, um, as opposed to uh, Rick asking him. Uh, Rick, Rick was obviously supportive, but it actually came directly from WCW Creative, which I think means that Eric Bischoff was trying to get leverage on uh, Ric Flair, and in his drunken, crazy mania of being in charge of WCW, was like, once I sign Ric Flair's son, Rick can never leave. I'll have him forever, and if he fucks off, I'll fucking kill his son. <laughs> the match was, as, as you expected, was as you expected. It was Kurt Henning and Barry Windham making uh, David Flair look like he could wrestle, even though it was basically like... He did a hip toss, and now he stands there unsure what to do, and he's nervous. Oh, God. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly it. Who would have thought that Vince McMahon's son would be a better wrestler than Ric Flair's son? But, I mean, that's what happened. Oh, pardon me. You mean best in the world, uh, World Cup of Wrestling champion, Shane McMahon? Yeah, he is the best in the We're world. We're trying to go for evergreen content here, John. Maybe we should just talk about that kind of shit on Patreon or something, but that is fucking hilarious. I would also do that if I ran a wrestling organization, though. And then, early arthritis Dylan Gotts outed. He is stunnered Brock Lesnar. Also, he doesn't want to take the bump on his spine, so he just did a half of it, and Lesnar's stabbing himself in the throat as Dylan yells, stab yourself in the throat. You owe me money. <laughs> Listen, I've said it Wrestling company properly, you do it like Vince McMahon. You give your biggest star leukemia so no one talks about the fact that you're working with a dictator. And then when you work with that dictator, make sure that your son is the only winner. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do, baby. But yeah, he they, they did an angle. Yep. Unlike those dirty flares, you keep your bloodline clean. <laughs> well, basically, they, they by all accounts, he came in because they did an angle with where David gets beaten down and the angle was so good that they had a tag match and people forget this but essentially WCW was all about special attractions like they were one-off special attractions yeah. even aside from this uh this is 98 99 right so this is the year they're doing Carl Malone uh they used to always in the NFL offseason before the NFL stopped allowing it in their contracts have like Kevin Green uh he was like a regular Reggie WCW. White Steve Reggie Mongo McMichael White. like yeah this is old school Southern wrestling, old school wrestling, full stop, actually, because ECW did a fair amount of this, too, where they would just get, like, the backup tight end on the Philadelphia Eagles to yeah. beat up the Sandman or whatever. Or Jenna Jameson to just exist. Exactly. Yeah. With the implication, she's going to start sucking. Fans off. <laughs> yeah, she's going to suck. 
Jenna Jameson will be there. You know what that means, fans? Y'all getting fucked. <laughs> Attention, alt-right in 20 years. In the ECW arena, Jenna Jameson's going to suck a doorknob. And you can <laughs> close your eyes and pretend it's your dick. <laughs> <laughs> suck the doorknob, Jenna. Here's some of my dad's money. <laughs> It's the most demeaning thing I've ever heard. Suck torn up. Everyone's touched it, but with their hands. Oh, it'll taste like pee, which is familiar to you, not a person but your property. Get down there. Um, <laughs> so he eventually debuts exactly Barry against Barry Windham and Kurt Henning. They bump like fucking crazy. Oh, boy, him. do they. Like, Kurt Henning... The reason why Kurt Henning died so early is partially this match because he took such hard bumps and crossed the line so far into not reality that God had to take him off this planet. <laughs> exactly. And this is all WCW is. Like, it's always like, hey, how come the, they're not buying X person as. Like, how come they're not really paying attention to this person as a champion? It's because. You ha put them in matches with people that aren't wrestlers and the fans could tell aren't wrestlers. Then Kurt Henning takes a punch and careens himself over the ropes into the third row because a punch from David Flair was so hard. And then you try and rehab him for a month by having him beat all your other actual real wrestlers. And then it just looks like, I guess, David Flair could beat Chris Benoit really easily, which... We'll touch on that later. <laughs> We're going to get to that. Flair has some wins over fucking Chris Benoit. Listen, he had crowbar. Um, the thing to also That's true. The, remember about WCW, this is the this is the marijuana, this is the toke of marijuana that leads to the gateway drug of the summer of 2000, which is like, keep in mind, we are about to embark on, or the summer of 1999, Master P is about to arrive. We are about to see some real... Uh, Tony Schiavone is about to be put in a leather jacket. They are yes. really going to try and start spending some money. Sid Vicious is hired for legitimately no reason whatsoever. We need to beat the WWF, and it does not work. So after the match with Kurt Henning and Barry Windham, the NWO beats down Ric Flair and David Flair. Rick claims that Hogan took liberties by whipping David Flair with a uh, weightlifting belt. Uh, I just believe that that's, this was put in an angle and Ric Flair is just a dick and it's just like, I don't like Hulk Hogan, that shouldn't have happened. But it's like, you clearly knew that was going to happen, you old fuck. Like, it's just, I just, this part drives me crazy that he's just like, I don't like this, it's bad. It's so weird, the duality of, so what happens is the NWO does a beatdown on Rick. They have, they have Rick handcuffed and David uh, strapped down and Hulk Hogan starts smacking him with a weightlifting belt. Uh, David Flair is always thankful to Scott Norton, who apparently bent over and obviously looks like shit talking, but he keeps going, are you okay, kid? Yeah. And here's the thing. David, like Ric Flair, a guy like that will be, oh, you know, this whole thing with the Performance Center and how uh, Hugh Morris was fired or Bill DeMott was fired for being too rough on them. It's not like it was back in the day. They break your leg and they tell you, come back tomorrow. And literally, his kid's hazing is getting whipped a couple more times and like and this this sounds fucked up if you take it out of context but this is a guy who will stand by that behavior for somebody else but oh you're supposed to touch my kid four times like he's he's being he's put a rocket he's already beaten fucking Kurt Henning and Barry Windham in a match yeah like he 
you have to take some lumps as a wrestler. He's, like, he's got a W over someone's nickname, someone whose nickname was Mr. Perfect. Yeah, you can hit him with a fucking yeah. belt. It's, and it's also like uh, you. I've watched the clip. Hogan is really he's hitting the mat and then touching him with the belt. Like it's not even rough hits. And I'm not defending bullying, but I'm just saying, like, Rick, the damage has been done to this man. And that damage was done by you when every birthday he thought he heard you. But no, that was just ice melting in a glass, which is the noise he associates with his dad. <laughs> exactly. It's just going to happen. And I mean, it sucks that it was Hogan because it's the top guy. It's not like a guy who, you know, a guy like, let's say, Sarge. If you guys watched WCW back then, you could look up Sarge if you didn't. Uh, he was the trainer. He was like Mr. Steroids, also trained everyone at the power plant. Like he's roughing a guy up, I guess maybe. And it's ne it's never okay to just rough someone up when it's like obviously they've put their trust in you that you're not going to be a piece of shit and hit them when they're told not to defend themselves, as Hogan did here apparently. But also not that big a deal. This shit's just going to happen. This shit's just going to happen in wrestling, especially during that time. Um, so basically what happens was that match was supposed to be a one-shot deal and it turned in, it went over so well and spiked the buy rate that they decided to keep David Flair on. Rick, uh, felt that David was too nice for the wrestling business and should take the state trooper exam instead, but felt that, uh, David was happy at the time, so he didn't want to put his foot down. Obviously, Rick is misreading the situation and probably should have just been like, I was happy to spend time with my son, as opposed to saying to your son, you're too happy for this business, unlike me, yeah. who's broken. Arn Anderson, also known as David Fleer's real dad and only source of love. <laughs> I could see that. I could totally see that Arn Anderson, Arn Anderson, uh, there was all those Christmases you came home dead. That was uh, not Arn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine imagine your only source of love is a guy who's drinking coffee that's really red wine. Like, you just, like, oh, this guy respects me. The drunk man who looks like if a Home Depot also was a caddy. <laughs> I do like the fact, I, I can imagine Arn Anderson drinking so much red wine, out of, red wine out of his coffee cup that he puts creamer in it. He <laughs> just got used to putting cream in red wine. <laughs> So uh, I drink it now. It gets in your blood faster, goddammit. Where's my gut? <laughs> Carol? Carol, it's Arn. Which house is ours? He's training at the power plant. David Flair is given the only person that you could even say it's kind of like is like Ronda Rousey. Yeah. But Ronda Rousey is a generational athlete, and David Flair is a eventual state trooper. Yeah. Ronda Rousey is a one-in-a-million athlete who, you know... Also was subjected to some pretty intense abuse. Oh, Rhonda, you're eight. Wake up. Wake up. You're in an arm bar. How do you get out of it? It's still the most terrifying thing in the entire world. No one will believe you. I'm a doctor. <laughs> um, so Stevie Ray of, Booker, of uh, Harlem Heat fame tells a story about David being stranded when WCW sent him on the road alone for the first time. He was 20. He was too young to rent a car. No one in the office had spoken to him about making arrangements for traveling partners. And Ernest the Cat Miller and Stevie asked him how he was doing, and he explained that he was stranded. Um, 
They told him to get a, get in the car and sit in the back and be quiet unless they spoke to him. Stevie said that Ernest kept uh, cussing and using the N-words, the N-word, and it blew <laughs> David's mind. No, it didn't. Yeah. It didn't blow David's mind at all. David had spent some time with his dad, and his dad definitely used that word a lot. Just ask Teddy Long, who basically is like, who was racist? And he was like... I don't know what I did to Oli, but I must have rubbed him the wrong way. But Ric Flair, he'll just call you the N-word. That yeah, and I'm sure that I'm sure that it was like his David's angle was like, oh my god, they know that word too. <laughs> uh, Stevie said that he caught uh, David mimicking his cursing backstage. No, that was just him talking to his dad. Stevie said that he really liked uh, David, uh, but his entire career was an example of the disorganization at WCW. I really like the idea of David Flair. Uh, David Flair hanging out with Ernest the Cat Miller sounds like McLovin hanging out with the two cops in Superbad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I fucking love this guy, man. It's like they're just like, you know what I mean? They pull over. They're uh, they go to a they go to like a bar to try and pick up some girls. They have David try just for just for kicks. And then he gets laid, and they're, like, happy for him. David keeps trying to hit on girls the, the way he's seen his dad do it. He's like, oh, go talk to that girl. David just takes his dick out. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they don't have the... They don't have the uh, they don't have the nerve to tell him that his their Rick thinks his David's actual name is Donnie. You know, yeah, just trying to be nice people. David keeps getting confused between which one is his son and which one is his daughter. I don't know how to tell him apart unless I see the genitals. No, Rick, you can't see. You can't check your son's genitals. He might be Megan. This is. I think David Flair might be the best example of how WCW got bad super quickly because by February, not only should this guy have been a one-off thing or like maybe just brought in for angles specifically to be like he gets beaten down sometimes like basically like rick flair's mascot yeah almost like kind of like rick flair fa the rick flair family man we're really heavily rooting this in like 80s wrestling like he's yeah he's a jet setter but he's also a family man whatever uh instead david turns on his dad and joins the wolf pack immediately yes. rendering him and the wolf pack terrible yes yeah, so he joins the wolf pack the original plan by the way was because uh tory wilson aka samantha had seduced him um and then he was going to talk about when i needed a role model i looked to hulk hogan and never you um tory and uh david were so new to the business tory wilson by the way was broken in because kevin nash saw her on the street and was like i want to fuck her so let's make sure she has a job so that i'm protected by lawyers um kevin nash the real John Laurinaitis. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, he, they, so many women have just like, yeah, I tried to pick this girl up and it went wrong uh, at a bar. So now she has a six-figure contract. You guys are good with that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, Eric, can you give this all these state troopers six-figure contracts? Because I fucked all their wives. Um, <laughs> keep in mind, he was supposed to keep up his training at the power plant. But because of this angle, getting some sort, generating some sort of heat with the crowd, they stopped his training at the power plant and essentially said, you'll figure out how to wrestle. Fuck you. Yeah. So he now is wrestling a regular schedule by May of 1999. Debuts in January, turns on his dad in February. By May, it's like, you're doing a house show, Luke, baby. Go ahead. And also, this is when, this is, this is how crazy WCW has gotten in 
three months is now this is the whole time when Ric Flair was in a mental institution and him and Scott Hall break out. And then David and Ric Flair reconcile and then the four horsemen all help Flair win matches because Flair's going crazy and he's the president of WCW. He then makes David Flair the United States champion and Arn Anderson keeps hitting people with a tire iron to make sure that Rick keeps the belt. This is also the debut of Asia, who is just China. It's just WWE's like, we need a China. And then he fights Buff Bagwell a lot in house shows. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, and mind you this, uh, the NWO thing, I'm sure, was just part of the plan to keep David in a t-shirt. Yeah, oh yeah, that's the other thing is David Flair wrestles in the dudes who sing set up the ring gear. Like, he's wearing a nitro yeah. a nitro grill t-shirt and track, <laughs> and track pants, but they're cut like jeans, which I don't know where the fuck you buy those, but baby, I want some. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, he's wrestling in like, or just jeans with no shirt. And mind you, he's not, like, he's not, uh, he's not a chunks ahoy yet. For sure, like he's in good shape, but it's like this is so clearly, like just so a guy is so new to the wrestling business and a just a just kind of an unassuming guy. Like there's some people you just look at and they don't have to be even good performers and they'll just get natural heat. I.e. Kevin Motherfucking Federline, the king of wrestling, <laughs> the gr- greatest wrestling hill of all time. Naturally, I will contend Kevin Federline is the best wrestling heel of all time. He was so good at it so quick. I watched that clip, and it's it's within minutes of his arrival on Monday Night Raw. You're just like, well, fuck this guy. At that era, it's like they introduce they introduce uh, John Cena. They introduce John Cena, uh, and it's like, well, here's Joseph Stalin, and then <laughs> then everyone hates John Cena, and then uh, Kevin Federline they come out like, well, here's Adolf fucking Hitler, <laughs> like that's the level of hate Kevin Federline gets from wrestling fans. It's just he's a backup dancer, and he's kissed the lady we like. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Gay. It's like three count. Gay man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like real life three count. And successful. Boo. I I have to say, just imagine being David Flair in the WCW locker room in 1999. Vince Russo has just arrived from the Fed. And now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, things will level out. They have a reasonable booker. Wrong. One of the first things he does is has Ric Flair driven out to the desert by the filthy animals and buried in the ground. Oh, yeah. This is... It, things go nuclear silly very, very quickly here for David Flair. Um, exactly. Rick uh, goes into a mental institution, of course. No, but that's already been done. That was done That was done before Vince Russo showed up that he went into the mental into institution that was broken out with Scott Hall. And then becomes he's the president of WCW for life and then keeps losing and winning that title back. He makes uh, Charles Robertson, a.k.a. Little Nate, his, like, weird mini-me. Oh, it's fucking insane. Oh, my God. Um, What was the... Oh, my God. There's a really, really, really good Vince Russo proposed angle here. Oh, I know I know the proposed angle you're talking about. Uh, so, David Flair becomes the U.S. champion. Yes, he does. He loses it to... Uh, Chris, Chris Benoit. Benoit in a... In a match that's not just Chris Benoit looks at him and then he starts weeping and allows himself to be pinned. Nope. David Flair gets some fucking moves in on Chris Benoit because he's a goddamn competitor. Yeah. 
I don't know if there's been anyone this poorly pushed ever. Like, is there any... Like, Shane McMahon is so much... Shane McMahon's bad, but he always lost. Like, every big match Shane's had, yes, he's upstaged them. Like, it's kind of been like, they do the Mick Foley thing, where they figure, oh, Shane will do this crazy bump, so he'll be the star of the match, even though he loses. Like, no one talks about The Undertaker and the Hell in a Cell, obviously. They talk about Foley. Um, so they do that with Shane, which is shit and upstaging, obviously until now when he's the best in the world and he's the crown jewel. With David Flair, it's like regularly scheduled David Flair. He's a good wrestler. Like, yeah. It's insane. And he's so, just so non-athletic. <laughs> he's just terrible. Everything you're saying is accurate. Everything you're saying is right. Um, also... The thing you need to remember, and it's really important, is David Flair is the second greatest wrestler of all time. Ric Flair is the first greatest wrestler of all time. And the thing with wrestling is it's not something you need to learn over years. It's literally passed down from your father's balls. It's like balding. <laughs> so David Flair, is, he's, he's gone nuts now. Um, he's He kidnaps his own mom and Reed. You have skipped a big important part, which is they redo the him turning on his dad angle against the NWO, but this time have it do it with um, uh, uh, Vince Russo when he sides with Vince Russo. He's also joined by Daphne, who's supposedly his girlfriend, and a guy named Crowbar because he keeps hitting people with crowbars. And they form this sort of weird like like three-way we're nutty faction which basically just means we all have mascara drawn on bags under our eyes and yes. how you know that he kidnaps uh, rick's wife and reed flair is at some point on thunder he shows up uh with them both in a headlock underneath his arms it's fucking lame as shit um at this point that breaks up when um uh, he dumps Daphne and hooks up with Stacy Keebler. Now, the proposed storyline for this was is at their re- wedding. It was re- um, it was revealed that Stacy Keebler was actually also Ric Flair's daughter, and because Ric Flair had fucked a bunch of people on the road and had a bunch of gr- children out of wedlock, and that David Flair was attracted to his own sister, and they would get married anyway, and David Flair would go back to being crazy. That was the actual storyline. And who put a kibosh to it? Only David Flair. Ric Flair, <laughs> fine with it. Totally fine with it. I really like that. Well, the way it's written out here was the proposed storyline. Yeah, and he. Uh, it was also uh, considered that David turn out to be his own son. Wait, what? That David was like, Stacy, you're my daughter. And everyone's like, gross. And then Vince Russo comes in, don't worry, I'm David's dad. (laughs) 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 That would mean he impregnated Ric Flair's grown-ass wife when he was like nine. (laughs) Also... I am Vince Russo. I am the alpha of this organization. I was getting chicks pregnant pre-puberty with just my pee. Just my pee is enough to create a boy. I like all of that. I like all. Of, I like everything you're saying right now. Fuck, I mean, it's so good. They tried so hard with David Flair. They stick him with Tori Wilson. 
they stick him with Daphne, who's great. Daphne's really one of the unsung top fucking performers of the last little bit. If female wrestling was at the level that it is now throughout the 2000s, she definitely would be someone uh, that the WWE couldn't have ignored. And I don't know why they've ignored her that long. She had to run in TNA, but anyway. And Stacey Keebler. Like, that is that is classic wrestling booking where you put you get, make a guy look like a star by putting him with a valet. And they tried with David Flair for some reason. Like, I don't understand any of this. It's well, it's just fucking like it's just fucking cra- like this is just like there's no even thought to it. Why like yeah no it's just this is this is some of the worst wrestling booking that's ever happened ever because it's the New Blood Millionaires Club nonsense. It's essentially just David Flair running into various matches where there shouldn't be interference, hitting his dad with things, and then Vince Russo winning. Like Vince Russo gets a gets a W over yeah. Ric Flair, which the only thing crazier is the fact that. Uh, David Flair has multiple W's over Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. Yeah, and yeah, no one talks about that. Everyone talks about the Russo stuff, which is fucking insanely egregious because da- David Flair, Vince Russo makes David Flair look like fucking, you know, his dad. Uh, but who is also Vince Russo, by the way? Vince Russo when he wrestles, so dad, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> David Flair looks like Vince Russo. Anyway. What what angle did they go with instead of the oh so, Stacy is Rick's daughter like what angle did they go with instead? Didn't they go with Ric Flair fuck Stacy? I think that was proposed. So they're gonna have an on air wedding before that could happen. It's revealed that Stacy Keebler was prev- pre- uh, pregnant and that David was not the father. Father, <laughs> father, David was not the father. This led to Flair trying to figure out who the father was with the help of Rick, whom he had made up with, and Arn Anderson. <laughs> if you want to find out who someone's dad is, I would love Arn Anderson to be on a DNA episode of the Maury Pony. Oh, it would be so good. No DNA test? That is not my child. I has never met that woman in my life. He, he did. He fucked me. He's just sitting there in dope slacks. Listen up, you goddamn poor person. You tell her about your load. <laughs> Dope slacks. Um, he had a match with Buff Bagwell. Do you remember this? I, I think I remember watching this match. It was on WCW Thunder. DNA. It was for Buff Bagwell's come. <laughs> I don't remember. The winner that. gets Buff Bagwell's come. <laughs> no, matter, no matter who wins, we're all losers. <laughs> That's so funny. That's one of those things where in practice, not funny because you can't laugh the whole time, but the idea is fantastic. <laughs> Just reading it on paper is all he can do. The Bagwell's DNA, which I am going to say is his come. The storyline ends abruptly when Miss Hancock returned to television with Sean, the star Stasiak, and a baby carriage in the ring. Instead of a baby, however... They were just eight by tens of Sean in the carriage. That's it. Like I mean, I that think was the, end of the angle. I think the angle was supposed to end with it was revealed that Rick was the dad, and Rick had just fucked his son's wife, and then Rick was like, "Could we not, please?" In like the one time Rick was yeah. like, was actually a decent human being. 
Well, I mean, he did say he did. There was a bunch of promos against David where he did say he's fuck. He's he's better at fucking than his son. <laughs> yeah, well, that, those weren't promos. Those were things he's actually written in Christmas cards to his son. <laughs> yeah, this is where uh, Vince Russo. Merry Christmas. I put it deep. So, yeah, he he helps uh, Vince Russo beat his father in a match. He teams with Vince Russo to beat Rick and Reed in a tag match. The results in Rick and Reed having their head shaved. What an insane! And this is just fine. He, of course, uh, he is in February two thousand one. Ric Flair is now the what is Ric Flair's like the de facto GM? Yeah, he's the yeah. de facto GM, and backed up by his sweet, sweet stable, the Magnificent the Se- Magnificent Seven and Magnificent Seven. Uh, secret surprise seventh member, Road Warrior Animal, the biggest letdown in WCW. Ah, uh, yeah, we've we did that episode, and his. His reveal is insane. Yeah, like what? It's he's so like Road Warrior Animal should have just been he never shaved his mohawk even though it was balding, so his mohawk starts half like his, just his half his mohawk yeah. starts at his the back of his neck. Like it's insane. Yeah, oh, it's just the sad like who's ready to who's ready to see someone who's even disappointed by his job? Yeah, well, and then he was a pawn uh, to try and get uh, Kevin Nash a world title shot against Scott Steiner. And they stuck with David Flair till the bitter fuck again. David Flair was a wrestler uh, until 2009, off and on. Of course, he took the state trooper test. And he some fun notes about David Flair. A, he was in it. So he was in an angle with uh, The Undertaker and... Leading up to WrestleMania uh, 18. Absolutely. That was a good angle, but you know what the WWE did is they kept him in developmental, decided he was bad, released him, uh, because that's how he should have been used, is basically just get beat up because you can tell... The thing David Flair had is that you can tell he's not a wrestler. So when you beat him up and a wrestler beats him up, it looks great. Yeah, absolutely. And the- So they did that, and then they just left that alone. They never made him wrestle again. Yes, but don't worry. Vince Russo called and was like, I know what you need to do. You need to join Sports Entertainment Extreme in TNA. Yes, he did. Yes, he fucking did. So he joined S-E-X. Had a brief feud with Kurt Henning and then left S-E-X. To form the next generation with Brian Lawler and Eric Watts. Oh no! Uh, All right, here's an, here's another really good one. Yes, sir. Who was his roommate in OVW? Brock Lesnar, baby. <laughs> and they got along great. Of course they did. Because they're both probably boring men, and just like they just they just, like Brock Lesnar just read about bucks. Yeah, he would show David a buck, and then. <laughs> David would be like, "That's a nice Glock." Like they probably legitimately talked about guns the whole time. I'm sure they. I'm sure they were like, "Brock, would you like to sit silently and look at the wall?" And Brock was like, "That's already what I was doing." Very good. <laughs> they were reading magazines called "Law." The law is great, and it's just about times that cops pulled people over for speeding tickets. You know, well, you can't go. You can't go eighty and a sixty. That's for goddamn sure, right, Brock? Exactly. Exactly right. Rules are meant to never be broken unless you're white, and then you can break them, of course. <laughs> and then it's just tomfoolery. Yeah. 
Uh, hey, David, would you mind helping me unplug all the phones in this building? Ah, I wouldn't mind that at all. <laughs> but, I mean, David Flair had a good run as far as wrestling goes. He had a he had a good career. He, he had a t- uh, he had a ten year career. Stacy Keebler. Yeah, he, he had him and George Clooney, our Eskimo if they brothers, were to have a drink at a bar would have a lot to talk about. <laughs> they would get along very well. Oh, why didn't it work out with you and state? Like that would as insane as that sounds. They could be friends. They have yeah. They could have an hour long conversation about the fact that they both tagged a ten. Yeah, that's fantastic. And now David Flair is a he's a overweight state trooper who's got a big, nice beard and I'm assuming a good desk job makes yeah. a lot of money. And I'd be surprised if he doesn't go by his uh, mother's uh, maiden name because I gar- he wants to be like, how is your dad the uh, if there was a road sign for man doing cocaine and you're a state trooper? Stop asking me questions. <laughs> Um, I, they also own, by the way, a, uh, wire company and he, uh, has actually, he now manages the company and concentrates on raising his children and is no longer a state trooper. That's even crazier. Yeah. Great. Good for him. I, yeah, no longer a state trooper. Now I'm going to manage a wire company, raise my three children and make sure my dad doesn't have my fucking address. (laughs) <laughs> no i don't have money for that dad that happens once a week oh yeah my favorite thing with david flair is that he stopped wrestling yeah <laughs> everything about david flair is that he wrestled for 10 years and all they did was just repeat the same angle three times you're with your dad you hate your dad you're fucking this woman you're with your dad you hate your dad now you're fucking this woman you with your dad you hate your dad you're fucking this woman that's my favorite thing about uh that's the best thing about david flair 10-year career one angle who are you the, that's great the end of- no and then he went nuts maybe and then he went nuts those were other angles but like crowbar and daphne were so good at looking nuts like daphne was fucking awesome and then crowbar had the thing where it's like crowbar would just kind of like he would have the same crazy face as daphne but he just sold it way better because he looked he looked like a fucking you know what i mean he looked like the weird guitar tech for a band who will tell you about just get real close to your face and tell you which cigarettes they smoke and which they don't like uh so he had Let me that, add- and david flair was like here's this this guy with the rosy cheeks is gonna make an angry face <laughs> like that was all he did he had such rosy nice cheeks let me ask you this is it just me or were you like i was real into daphne like i was like give me yeah of course give me some more of that whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. we were but we were both borderline goths we were very close. To I was never goth. a borderline goth. I was a punk, and then I was a skid, and then I was an, I was a real man. Skid is just yeah, man. A skid, a skid's ten o'clock, and a goth's midnight, baby. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare! <laughs> yeah, of course. What's wrong no. with being a goth? There's probably goth. This is a wrestling podcast. There's probably some goths that listen to it. They're having a seance right now, hearing us talk about hard loads. Absolutely not. I know our audience. Our audience beats up goths. And by beats up, I mean talks badly behind their back and still uses ICQ. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we only release this podcast over Napster now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, If you would like the new edition of the Wrestler Review, you better get Kazaa.
All right, I gotta say this: the worst thing about David Flair, uh, I'm gonna say it so you don't even have to, is everything that makes up being a pro wrestler. He's bad at all of them. <laughs> he's like so bad. The only thing I can say is he's at least six feet tall. Like he's a man. He's the size of a man. Uh, he's a like a, a. As far as the average man goes, he's a touch above the average size of a man. That's the only thing he has, and he's not even big. He's not even, you know, Dave, David Flair is worse at wrestling than Gareth Bischoff. Wow. That's pretty good stuff. Because Gareth Bischoff at least looks like a wrestler. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say this. The worst thing about uh, uh, David Flair is that he was a state trooper. And although he had wins in the, wing, uh, wins in the ring against Chris Benoit, he couldn't stop Chris Benoit when it really fucking mattered. <laughs> How crazy would it be if there was one of those live leak videos where David Flair shoots, uh, <laughs> shoots, shoots like a minority who won't pull over? <laughs> like, I mean, I mean that like it would be Vince, Vince McMahon would debate putting the world title on him. You're like, well, finally a champion I can respect. <laughs> the Saudi Arabia only champion. David <laughs> yeah, the Ahmed Johnson Memorial Champion. Jesus Christ. Oh, man, I might have to delete that joke. Maybe I'll forget. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, guys. Uh, who we're doing next week is... That was Man in the Box by Dylan Gott. Tommy Dreamer is next week. Another guy who wrestled in sweatpants. Yeah, let's talk about a guy who's clearly related to members of the mafia. Hey, uh, Tommy, where does all your family money come from, and why do you have access to all these trucks? Shut the fuck up about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh don't never pay me paul i got some business yeah oh paul some business that pays yeah me. don't worry about paying me i'm just gonna have sex with every woman that comes to ecw yeah a guy who looked like david flair but had the thirst for sex of rick flair tommy dreamer oh yeah i don't drink and i don't do drugs but i have sex <laughs> but i get to i get dirty to a point that it's yeah. Not fun to talk about for anybody. So that's next week is Tommy Dreamer. Mm-hmm. A- and follow us on social meds at Wrestler Review for Twitter, Instagram. We have Facebook page, The Wrestler Review. Add me on Twitter at Dylan Gott, D Y L A N G O T T, and at the John Hastings. T H E plus John Hastings with an H in John. Thanks very much for listening, guys. Tune in next week for Tommy Dreamer. And remember, you guys are cum monkeys, and we're the dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, shut up, you're fat. And by shut up, I mean suck my dick consensually. Dylan does not believe in consent. All right, everybody. See you next week. Dylan is a rapist. Woo-woo. Keep your eyes off of her. I don't want to marry you. 
Wedding gown challenge in six days at Bash at the Beach. Look at David, putting his eyes over there, getting, a, getting an eye full of Hancock. We're a handful of Hancock. Hang on. Hey, look at her. She's not a daphne, not even looking. Near. She believes it. She believes it's twice. Wherever you are. You know that song? I love singing that to you. Was he singing again? Thank goodness. Here we go, Snoochie Boochies, Tony. Boy, she looks good. I'd marry that. I bet she wants to marry me. You like me. what you see? Yeah, we do. I knew you would. Well, this isn't exactly what I'll be wearing Sunday. Because I can't decide whether I want to wear something special underneath or nothing at all. Oh, sit down, Madden, please. Me, I vote for nothing. Because since I will definitely be tearing some clothes off Sunday, I will give you what you want to see right now. Oh! Hit the music! Hit the music! Wow. What music? Oh, that music! Yeah, the wedding march! You've heard it before! Oh, yeah. Kind of like a... Kind of like a bachelor party in a way, isn't it? Uh, kind of. Crowbar. Crowbar. What is... No, what is he going to do? What is wrong with him? What do you mean by crowbar? Oh, you mean the guy? It means so much to me. Better to know. And you know how much I love you. Oh, my, oh, my hurts. stomach hurts. Are you okay? Go give me some Pepto-Bismol real fast. Stomach Go. I'm ready. I'm ready. Is he pregnant? But Crowbuck, what's he doing? What is he doing to Miss Hancock? He's, he's got no, no, he's got no way. He's got the hair clippers out. That's the big ones. You can shave a lamb with those. David Flair. David Flair. That's what I said. You already have two strikes against you. Don't move. I'll shave you right now, baby. Oh, no. Shave her. Shave her. Strike one. A couple weeks ago, you tried to scalp me and shave me bald. That's true. He did. Strike two. You're messing around on Daphne. That's also true. And if you don't come out here by the time I reach 10, that's strike three, and her hair's all over this match. She's bald. One, six, seven. No, here he comes. David flares out. He didn't need a tent. Shaver, shaver, bald oh, and smooth, please. I say. No, not at all. David Flair, who, who fainted in illness to send Daphne away. Oh, uh, speak of the devil. Oh, boy, she's come back with some medicine, it looks like to me. And David Flair has been caught Again. No! Caught indeed! I think he's gonna need more than Pepto Bismol for that.